In a world where it seems totally normal to listen to a podcast about the Toronto Argonauts, it's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos podcast brought to you by Funny Bone Broth. My name is Ben Grant, joined as always by JB, and we've got another exciting show for you this week. We're talking Argos merchandise, the availability of it, the comments that Argos quarterback Chad Kelly made directed at MLSE this week, and the new logo, old logo, how come we still can't find a lot of merchandise with that new logo on it? We're going to discuss it, break it down. We've also got our power rankings, the first of the season for us. JB, I'm interested to see what you have to say in terms of your power rankings, because we weren't on the same page for all of last season. And I feel it's time. You know, CFL.ca put out their first power rankings of the season. They acknowledged it was uh, maybe a little bit soon. Uh, and it is. But, you know, we'll we'll take our best shot at that. Where do the Argos stand in our view? All that and more is coming up on this week's episode of the X's and Argos podcast. Argos merchandise, JB, let's get into this. So first of all, if you had to buy Argos stuff, if you had someone coming to town, coming to visit, and they said, hey, I want to I go buy some, some Argos stuff. You've, you know, you've lived in Toronto for a long time. I lived here my whole life. What's your plan? Where would you go? <laughs> well, that's, I'm going to characterize that as a highly hypothetical situation. <laughs> Fair, um, okay. Where would I go? I, I would I would go down the real sports. I don't I don't think you have any other choice. You do find stuff in other places, but it is really hit and miss. I know I've seen stuff before at Sport Check. I've seen stuff, and actually there was some stuff on Twitter this week. DT was was tweeting this week from Pearson, and there was actually quite a quite a good Argos section there in one of the uh, Pearson Airport shops. I don't know which terminal he was in, but I have seen that before too. So. They're a little bit hit and miss. Real sports is generally the way to go. But I know there were a lot of people upset this week because there was a photo taken of the real sports display, which really should have the best display in the, of, of Argo's merchandise in the entire city. This is, you know, it's MLSE owned. It features all of these teams. And it wasn't a very flattering picture. It looked like it was part of the store's a storage space. It wasn't properly lit. There was no signage. It just looked like a, a mess of odds and ends. And it was beside a what looked like a hat section that had no hats in it. And it just it was it was really unfortunate. And then right next to it in that same Twitter post uh, was a picture of the TFC section of that same store. And you know we're not comparing Argos to the Leafs. You're not even comparing them to the Raptors or the Jays. Comparing them to TFC, I I think should be fair. And yet you're clearly not getting the same treatment with that sort of display, which means you're not really going to get that same sort of treatment with merchandise display all around the city. So the question is, what what do we do about this, JB? When you're at games, there is always a line at the merch, uh, you know, setups. So I think there is a desire. And when you're at the games, a lot of people are wearing merch. So I think there is, you know, not... A huge market, but there certainly is a market um, for Argo gear. I, I, you know, I think I think the issue is a couple of things. Um, you know, the the gear needs to be updated. They haven't really found um, their hook in terms of what people might want to wear. 
um, you know, like it's not really jerseys the way soccer is. Uh, scarves, okay, but again, that's kind of more of a soccer thing. Uh, I, d- I don't think they've really found their hook yet. I think a ball cap could be uh, the one if if they design some more stylish looks, like if they hired somebody, you know, who had some, you know, some some street cred and put together like a limited series. Uh, but my my guess, um, like a, a tired uh, parent, uh, MLSE is not reaching into its pocket for a limited series creative designer Argo hat team. Well, I think that's why they don't still have a lot of new logo material because they're still trying to get rid of the old logo stuff that I'm sure there are warehouses full because you go onto Real Sports and actually I do really like that shopping experience. I've bought a ton of stuff from Real Sports partly because my kids, almost everything they own is if it's not Bengals, it's Argos and they have more Argos stuff than Bengals stuff. And so, you know, I'm on that website a lot. I like it. I like the layout. I love all the options. There's not a lot of new logo stuff. Not My kids don't own anything with the new logo on it. Oh, that's not true. They own the t-shirts that were given at the giveaway uh, for the playoff game. Um, but that's the only thing that they have with the with the boat logo on it. Everything else is the, the older A. And you go to the Real Sports site, and as nice as the site is, and as nice as the gear is, it's all the old A logo. And it's it's because, I'm sure, there's still stacks and stacks of all this stuff. And But that gets into, does that then mean that maybe there isn't a market for this? And maybe we're not the right people. You know, we, we host a podcast about the Argonauts. We're probably not uh, the the John Q. Public here for uh, interest in Argo's merchandise. But I, I guess that's got to be the thing. You don't see it in more stores, maybe because stores don't want it. Maybe because stores don't believe they'll sell enough. And maybe they're right. It's a difficult conversation. Um I would, I would hope, to be honest, um, MLSC, uh, you know, I'm not going to bag on them because they own the Argos and they, they allow the Argos to play at BMO. And there's certainly nobody standing in line behind them to own the team. So I'm not, I'm not going to go all in on MLSC. However, I do think they could show a little more respect to the team in the real sports store. Uh, I do think that you could put together something. Maybe you get somebody who works for the Raptors, who's an intern and has some extra time. You know, they do it with their social media, right? Sometimes they they let the Raptors social media do some Argo stuff. Um, I, I'd like to see it. It kind of pumped up a little bit to give it to give it a shot. Uh, but they they may feel that it's just a lost cause, and they have a warehouse full of old gear. And, you know, they're just going to, they're just, you know, I, they, they, they don't seem very excited about the potential of selling a lot of gear. And I, you know, unfortunately, I can't blame them, but it's hard to say if, you know, if they had a celebrity fan who wore some gear or if they had some way of getting people to get into the gear, it happened with the Montreal Expos and suddenly that took off uh, in terms of like hip hop artists wearing the old Expos colors Something like that maybe could, could get it going, but I, I do think the that the real sports store, you know, I <laughs> you know have a little respect. It it is still part of your family. I don't think you should have the Argos out back eating dinner 
um, on the picnic table while everybody's indoors dining. I would even like them to take it a step further. And I agree, I agree with you with the shop. I think that that should look like a million bucks every time there's any Argos merchandise, especially with any MLSZ owned property. I like how they do it in those little in the little gift shops at BMO. I think that is done properly. And I would like to see the same attention paid to it elsewhere. I'd love them to do even more stuff with the stadium. And I don't know how much of that's even possible. But, you know, every time I drive by the stadium on the Gardner, I look because it's the home of the Argos. I look because it's a stadium. It's right there. And as you're passing by, yes, there is the the old logo A that you drive by that you can see from one direction. When you're driving eastbound, you can see that. But nothing else really stands out. I would love for there to be huge Argonaut signage. We're getting a little off topic here. It's supposed to be talking about merch, but it's just, it's the same spirit that I'm talking about. That I want, every time I see a space that can have the new Argos logo in it and a beautiful display and an opportunity to buy stuff, I want to see it there. And at least over spaces they control. I want to see it. I really would like that. And this sort of came to a head with Chad Kelly, uh, Argos quarterback Chad Kelly, uh, who sent a couple of tweets directly at MLSE this past week. And I'll read out those tweets. So first he said, so at uh, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, I come to Toronto to play for the Toronto Argonauts, the oldest standing franchise in all of North American sports. Can't we at least put some hats or shirts out for other people to take notice or buy like myself? And then he followed that up with a tweet that said, at least a hat or something in your flagship store and only store. There's no off season in sports. People still want to support uh, if it is. How can we fix this for the Toronto fans and us players? And he's very new to this problem. This isn't a new problem. This isn't something that fans are just suddenly realizing with Chad Kelly. He's aware of a problem that we've been talking about for a while. Now, there have been slow improvements. We've complained forever about the lack of jersey customization ability, the fact that you couldn't buy jerseys for a current player. And they did fix that last year. And I love that, you know, seeing all the Breskison jerseys in the stands and, and things like that, current players. And that's it's a risky proposition. As as a CFL fan, we saw Arbuckle jerseys, of course, as well. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how those fans feel about that. But that's, you know, that's sports and it's especially the CFL. So there is that risk. But I love that that's an option now. I love that it's, and it's an easy process. You go to the Real Sports website. It's so easy to customize a jersey. Uh, delivery time is really quick. They get stuff out very fast. I, I, I really like the website part of it. I just, other than wanting more new logo stuff, but I want the actual in-store stuff to be better. And I think Chad Kelly's got a really good point. It's it's weird that you can't easily get a hold of all this stuff and there isn't a place you can go where there's a gorgeous display and a billion different things you can get to support your Toronto Argonauts. JB, let's move on to the power rankings. So our last power ranking was probably about six months ago. And there have been a lot of transactions across the league. My power ranking looks pretty different from the last one that I did. I I can't imagine how yours looks. So I'm excited to go through this. Do you want to go, we're going to go like last time, we'll go nine through one alternating as we go? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, why don't you lead off? Who is number nine on your power rankings? Uh, number nine in my power rankings is uh, the British Columbia Lions, the Lions of British Columbia. Uh, God love them. They are 
trying to uh, break new ground with their all-Canadian quarterback room. Uh, they were not very good last year, and I do not believe they will be very good this year. And I believe that they are still behind um, our nation's capital. And I think you and I are going to end up flipping eight and nine because my number nine is the Ottawa Red Blacks. And I know they've improved a lot. They've got a lot of new pieces in. They were really bad, though, last year. And they were even worse than that in 2019. I need to see it. I need to see something. It should be better. The Red Blacks should be a better team this year, but they have to be. They were they were terrible last year. They were in some games. They're actually in quite a few games, including uh, one particular game against the Argonauts. And even at BMO, they had a lead um, almost going into the half before the, the wheels and doors and, and mirrors fell off. But they were in games because nobody was paying much attention. They weren't getting anybody's 100% effort. Teams were asleep for the first half. They fell behind and then just kind of thought, okay, we better... We better pull it together so we don't lose to the Red Blacks. They're basically what the the Argos were in 2019. And so like that 2019 Argos team, yes, they beat the Blue Bombers. But uh, how seriously were the Blue Bombers taking them in 2019? That was all season for the Red Blacks last year. So yeah, they're better. I need to see it. Red Blacks are number nine. What's your number eight, JB? Or do I double up? Do you want me to go into my number eight? Uh, I can go number eight. Um, okay, I didn't know if we were doing a snake draft or how this is working, but please go ahead with your eight. <laughs> yeah, um, my number eight is Ottawa. I think that um, I, I thought they had flashes of of looking decent last year. Um, obviously, uh, they had some special teams prowess. I thought their secondary showed real signs of, of being dangerous. Um, Mazzoli... Uh, although I didn't want him, is probably good for six wins, six. Uh, you know, so I think I think he can. You know, he he's he's veteran enough to to grind out some wins. I don't think a, a Mazzoli team is going to go two or three wins. I think he's probably good for six. Um, you know, I, I thought they had some nice additions. You know, they added some uh, some offensive linemen. I thought William Powell is a nice addition. I, you know, th- there's still not very good but um i do like the coaching staff there i do think that they have shown that they know what they're doing um so i i, I think they're probably a six win team so just ahead of bc i wouldn't be surprised if they ended up with six wins and like you said i do expect them to be better i i just I, you you can't it's so hard to turn around a team i know we saw it with the argonauts but really that was over two off seasons and an entirely new team came in, and Ottawa hasn't done that. They've got some exciting pieces, no question. I'm not sure what Masoli is. I wasn't that impressed with his play last year. He's an upgrade over, you know, we we saw like between Duck Hodges and, and Caleb Evans, and you know everyone that they they marched out last year. Uh, I, I just not enough for me. So I, I still think nine, and then my eight is the BC Lions, and. Kind of like what you said uh, in placing them at nine. I love the strategy. I really hope it works. I'm cheering for the BC Lions as much as I'm cheering for anybody other than the Argos this year. I really want to see them succeed. I'd love nothing more than for Nathan Rourke to prove himself as a starting quarterback in the CFL to have a fantastic season. And, you know, that would be amazing. They've also got a lot of really exciting pieces in there. You know, you've still got Brian Burnham, Lucky Whitehead. There's a lot of things to like. 
I just, I, I need to see it. Uh, they didn't look great last year and they had, I know he had, you know, shoulder problems, but I, I don't know. I, in terms of quarterbacking, that really wasn't the issue uh, with, with uh, Michael Riley. So if, you know, are they better than they were last year with, with Michael Riley? Uh, I don't think so. So I've got them at eight. Who's your seven, JB? Uh, my number seven is, in fact, the uh, Argos Argos West, if you will. Uh, I think my number seven is going to be the Calgary Stampeders. I'm surprised at that. You are usually pretty Calgary heavy. Yeah, uh, I think they're. I, I I I still think that they are a little thin. Um, I you know I mean they traded for Cam Judge. I don't know, I mean, who would watch that film and be like, we need to get him on our team. Um, you know, they lost Sankey. They weren't particularly good last year. Uh, I, I I do think it's, it is it is a rebuild era for them, and I don't think that they are really rebuilding. I think they're kind of like in the middle. You know, they have they have young players, um, they were the youngest team last year. They have younger players, but are they, you know, are they building to something, or are they kind of just a mixture of kind of guys who who might be something and guys who aren't something? Um, you know, quarterback is getting old. I don't know. I I'm out. I'm out on my Stampeders. Uh, we have taken their spirit and moved it to Toronto. And now they are just an empty husk uh, out <laughs> on an oil field. Yeah. I don't think rebuild was their plan. It was just sort of forced upon them when Toronto took all of their players and they're like, well, I guess, I guess we got to rebuild. And now but, don't yeah. get me wrong. There's still a tier above the lions and the, uh, the red blacks, but I, I have them. Well, and we can talk about it. I have them behind the Elks. Yeah, that's interesting. So I, I'm I'm much more pro Calgary this year, uh, and I'll get into that when when they come up for me. And I think you're going to be surprised at how high I have them this year. Sankey's such a loss, though. I know, I know. And there's, they have they've had they've had to sustain like like three straight well three straight years of losses. I guess two seasons of straight losses, heavy losses. But I like some of the young guys they've got. We'll get into that when I bring them up with my pick. So. My pick for seven is Montreal, the Alouettes. I, I don't think the Alouettes are going to be a good team this year. They're, I, I, love, I love their quarterbacks. Um, it's, it's strange to me that the, the, the situation they're in, just Trevor Harris uh, and Vernon Adams, it just, seems, it just seems like that wasn't the right call. And I know we have seen firsthand and we've seen so many teams in the CFL need two quarterbacks. I believe that we saw that last year with Bethel Thompson, with Arbuckle. We know you do. It's really tough though, to throw your support behind somebody. And I think, you know, we saw some of that last year. It was difficult and I feel weird. I feel hypocritical because I was kind of arguing for it last year as a good strategy because I think the room was handled well. I think Coach Dinwiddie handled this very nicely in in training camp. And I think it worked out really well early on because one was injured and then the other was injured. Or no, was, one was injured and then, and then the other didn't look good and the injured guy got healthy and then did look good and he stopped looking good and then they traded him away. So, it, you know, it did kind of work out. 
if both these guys come into the season feeling 100% and they both look good in preseason, I think they're going to be in a mess because you're going to get that divided locker room. I think they're, I don't know about their defense. They've got a lot of question marks there. Their offense could be great. It could be. But I think it's a good offense when they're ahead because we know they can run the ball. We saw that a lot last year. That's not really going to change. They're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to have those bombs. I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with everyone. So I've got Montreal as seven. Where are you going with six, JB? Uh, Number six, I have Edmonton. I think Edmonton is absolutely, uh, you know, bet the over. They They are the team that had a coach that wasn't in control last year. And the team gave up and they won three games. And this is going to be turnaround coach of the year. What a story is written all over it. Chris Jones is the perfect coach to come in. You know, he's going to come in and bring order to chaos. And the talent that they had on the team last year uh, will be used. And he's bringing back some of his old guys from other teams. Um, They added my guy Lawler. I love Lawler. Uh, I'm not crazy about quarterback there, but I just think it absolutely has, you know, from three wins to nine wins written all over it. Um, you know, I, I didn't think talent wise, they were that bad. I I don't think the coaching staff crushed it. Um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, they got off to a bad start and then it kind of fell apart because I think the team just lost faith in the coaches, right? It's, it's crucial. You know, the first couple of games, you're not good. Guys are guys are gonna check out. I think, I think that they are going to be. Um, yeah, I think they're gonna be good next year. I, I really do. I think they're gonna. I think they're really gonna surprise, and uh, I, I like them at six. I also have Edmonton at six, which means that we've got you know chaos on either side of that, um, not having shared any of the same picks yet. But yeah, Edmonton at six makes sense for all the reasons you, you said. I, I love the new pieces. I liked a lot of the old pieces. And I think that's a really good staff. A lot of it coming from Toronto. And I, I don't know if 2022 is going to be their year, but I think they're going to be in a really nice position for 2023. And like you, I have them in six. Now, by your... So you have Calgary and BC below them. So you have you have Edmonton making the playoffs. Yeah. I, I don't at six. I think Chris Jones, he's exactly the kind of coach who's going to be great there for two years. Right, because he's tough. Yeah. He grinds people down, but he's exactly what they need. It is absolutely set for him to have that team be great for two years. So Edmonton, you got two years of great Chris Jones action, and then like Mary Poppins, he's out of there. Yeah, and then like a super new. angry Mary Poppins, he leaves. <laughs> All right, moving on to number five. Who's your number five, JB? Uh, it's Jesus. It's a bit of a hash here now. Um, you know, <laughs> what was before? I, I saw those as pretty clear tiers. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't find the bottom that hard. Uh, I have Montreal at five. Um, uh, they impressed me last year. Uh, they are still a good team. I think that the you know the running game is is that running game is good for seven or eight wins. Um in a given year and you know their quarterback play is kind of up and down um but uh, i i thought uh, you know i thought montreal was going to beat hamilton in the playoffs and they probably could have except i don't know what the heck their game plan was um i i like montreal to be um third in the east but just 
I think I think Montreal is is a nine win team. Um, you know, I think it's always tough to friggin' win in Montreal, as we know. Uh, you know, I think I think that they have they have enough talent to be taken seriously um, among among that that next tier of teams. I think they're I think they're right there. For number five, I, I know this is going to get some people upset, but they're already upset at me if they're these people. I've got the Hamilton Tiger Cats at five. <laughs> I think they missed their window. You know, I think this previous group was excellent. I think they were an excellent team in 2019. I think they had a chance to really be good in 2020, but it didn't happen. And then last year was their last shot with that window in that group. And they misplayed it. You know, they they were lucky to end up in the Grey Cup. Like, Dane Evans caught fire. Uh, but remember, they were they were losing 12 nothing to the Argos at halftime. Their quarterback was out. And Dane Evans came in and, you know, went, what was it, 17 for 17. And and was amazing. It was, you know, it was the best performance by a quarterback I think I've ever seen in a half. Uh, he's not going to be able to do that all season long. They've lost so many pieces. Uh, Jagger Davis, I think, is a bigger loss than than Brandon Banks because he wasn't overly productive last year. But that's still a loss as well. And they've had a few others. I know they've they made some. Actually, I I do quite like the signings they've made too. However, I think the core of that team is on the wrong side of this window. So I think there's going to be some re- regression this year. Um, I think they're I think they're going to be fighting uh, with Montreal uh, for second and third in the East. And I, I think they need to start that rebuild because um, they're going to need to open a new window. So, yeah, I, I think they're still a quality football team. That's why I have them five and, and not any lower than that. But my expectations aren't super high for them. So it's funny, like we sort of praise Edmonton for being at six, but, you know, feel like we're insulting Hamilton at five. But that's, you know, that's where these organizations are coming from. Edmonton's coming from the bottom, working their way up. And Hamilton's coming from very near the top uh, and uh, they're on their way down. So Hamilton five. <laughs> uh, I have Hamilton four. Uh, I, I'm not as much on the down. I think that they made the right choice switching to Evans and getting rid of They did. And that, I, of that is correct for sure. Um, you know, I think that adding, uh, adding Johnson um, really helped the defensive line. I still think they're good. I don't think they're great. But I still think they are going to be right there with the Argos for first. Um, you know, I, I I do. I think that they are still, still. A, a, you know, I think they are a, a 10, 11 win team. Um, I, I I think Hamilton is is in pretty good shape. I think they've they've kind of made a nice transition from from that twenty nineteen team, and they're kind of a new team now. Uh, the, you know what we'll what we'll find out is you know. Is Cinderella still Cinderella? Um, obviously, Evans came in and you know played out of his head in that playoff game. I don't expect him to be that, but if he is even seventy five percent of that, uh, that's going to make him a very good quarterback. That might make him the best quarterback in the East. So uh, I like Hamilton. I think it's great. I, I love it. I love that Toronto has. Um, a real competitor to to clash with. I like Evans a lot, and he's he's probably my favorite part of that team. Uh, actually, I, I do like I like some of the guys in their secondary too. But um, the, you know they they're still a solid team. But yeah, I just think it's it's harder when you know we saw we saw it with 
McLeod Bethel Thompson, when Arbuckle left last year, it's different when you are the only guy versus somebody breathing down your neck on the bench. You know, we saw what happened to McLeod Bethel Thompson's play when Arbuckle was traded away. He didn't look like quite the same guy. Let's see what Dane Evans looks like this year when there is no Jeremiah Masoli. He's not in the building. He's not in the training room. He's not, there's no Jeremiah Masoli down the road at some point. This is him. Let's see what Dane Evans can do. Number four, I have the Calgary Stampeders, which I realize a lot of people think is too high. You included, who <laughs> yeah. had them at seven. Do you have them at seven? I did. Uh, I, I just, I like their youth. Uh, they've lost a ton of pieces. I really like their coaching staff. I know half of it's in Toronto now, but I still like the guys they've kept there. And I really like some of those young players that we saw last year who... They weren't quite ready yet, but you saw them at the end of the season. Calgary took a big jump. And and funny enough, it was you who predicted it. I, I thought Calgary was going to fall apart last season. And I thought they were on the way down. And we saw them in the second half of last season. You you had them really high in your last power ranking. And I laughed at you and mocked you for several days. Uh, and then uh, lo and behold, they put it all together. They won a bunch of games in, in a row. Uh, and... Uh, really were a force at the end of the season. And I did not see that coming. But watching that, uh, I liked what I saw. And I think that they have hit on some young pieces that are going to pave the the way for the the, the future for them. And I think even, you know, they can withstand quarterback injuries and having to miss some time um, if if Levi Mitchell goes down. I think they're going to be able to withstand that because that's sort of what the early part of last year was for for them last year. So I, I... think they're going to be a contender and I'm kind of worried about that a little bit um, because we do have you know we got the two games with Calgary Uh, we only play Winnipeg once um, but we've got you know the the two Calgary games and I I think those are both going to be really tough games for Toronto to win so uh, and really entertaining games to watch for sure where are you going for number three JB uh, number three, uh, number three in your program, but number one in your heart, uh, I have the Toronto Argonauts at number three. Um, it it was it was tough looking at this at this next tier. I still like Toronto to come out of the East. Um, I like what Toronto has done in this offseason. They didn't they didn't have nearly the total renovations. You know, really, they're just tinkering with a few things. Um, you. You know, will uh, will uh, Davis? Does he have any gas left in the tank? That that's the question. Um, I, I love their secondary. Um, I, I think that their their wide receiver room looks pretty good. Does Banks have any gas left in the tank? He's he's not a a primary um, player, but but he's in the mix. I mean, I think that'll be a question. I mean, I think those two can be the difference of about two wins. I think if those two both have gas, um, they probably uh, win the division a little easier. Um, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, quarterback wise, which which guy we get. You know, do we get uh, start of the season, Macbeth? Do we get end of the season, Macbeth? You know, I I, I still think that is. Um, a question mark, although he did impress me last year. I still think that's a question mark. I don't think he is a better quarterback than Winnipeg or Saskatchewan has. And so that's why I have them third, but coming out of the East. It's funny. I just noticed as 
as you were talking, and I probably should have been listening to what you were saying, but instead, <laughs> what I noticed was that we've kind of got the same tiers set up here, even though our order is different. We ultimately are going to have Winnipeg, Toronto, Saskatchewan as one, two, three in different orders. I still don't know exactly how you're sorting out your top two yet. We've got Calgary, Hamilton, Edmonton, Montreal mixed together as four through seven. And then we both got BC and Ottawa as our as our eight, nine. So even though we are a little bit different in terms of how we see it, we've kind of got those those same tiers. For me, it's not Toronto at three, it's Saskatchewan at three. Uh, I, I love Saskatchewan's offense or potentially uh, might love Saskatchewan's offense this year. They could be really exciting. If you want to see an explosive football game this year, Saskatchewan-Montreal, I think, has the potential to be one of the best uh, entertainment value propositions this season. So that's not a game you want to miss. Saskatchewan's defense, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think they're going to I think they're going to lose a lot of games late. Um, but I think that they have enough offensive skill to be able to overcome that. Um, I I can't see them having the same struggles with Winnipeg that they have had. But ultimately, they're still not Winnipeg. And I, I think they end up finishing second in the West. And, you know, maybe if that defense comes together a little better and if the offense is as good as I think it might be, maybe there's a chance that, that they end up a little higher than this. But yeah, I see Saskatchewan as three. So Saskatchewan, like, is is that two for you, or is this Winnipeg now? Yeah, I have uh, Winnipeg at two. Wow. Um, I think that Winnipeg, I gave them their respect last year. I thought that they coming into the season with so much turnover, they had a lot of consistency. Obviously, I think O'Shea is a fantastic coach. Um, I liked Winnipeg. I, I, I really did. But, but I look at Winnipeg this year, I thought that they – you know, they were very good last year and they were very efficient in terms of you could tell how well coached they are because they finished out games. They weren't necessarily blowing teams off the field, but they just were professional and efficient and they finished their plays. And at the end of the day, more times than not, they had more points. Um, but I think Lawler is a big loss. That's my guy. Um, I don't think they really added much. I'm not going to say Harris is a loss, but or a huge loss, but it is. I think that you know he is he is great cup um, experience. I think having guys like that on your sideline matter. Um, I don't think losing those two guys without necessarily a major addition, um, you can just roll out there and become a great cup dynasty for god's sakes i mean are they going to win three in a row like uh, they are not a three great cup in a row team for for me so i have them too i have toronto at two and i i think i think this is pretty much how i saw it last year i felt like toronto was I felt like Toronto was the second best team in the league last year. I felt like Winnipeg was better and I felt like Toronto was was just behind them. Of course, they split in their two games, but I, I did feel like Toronto was a better team than Hamilton. Hamilton ultimately won when it counted. And so, you know, they, you can't take that away from them. But like I said earlier in the segment, a 12-0 lead hosting the Eastern final and they just, they ran into magic and that happens sometimes. Toronto's gotten better. They're a better team this year than they were last year. I don't think there's much question about that. You would have a really tough time pointing to why. If you don't think they're as good as they were last year, 
I'd love for you to explain that to me because they, I know they've had some losses, but really not a lot. And they've brought in so much more talent than they've lost. It should be a better team. Not only that, Toronto was the most injured team in the league last year. They kept every week. There was a major starter uh, who was down. Uh, and I remember doing a, a chart at the end of last season where it basically showed their death chart and who had been injured throughout the year for an extended period. And it was basically the entire team. Pretty much everybody, with the exception of the left tackle last year, was down for, for a few games. And McLeod Bethel-Thompson, I suppose, too, but he wasn't even the quarterback for, for half the season. So if they don't have another disastrous injury-riddled season, I think they're I, I think they're the talent in the East. I think they're the team to beat in the East. And uh, for that reason, I have them number two. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I, I, I like, I mean, they have a few question marks, a couple of question marks, offensive line. Um, I mentioned the question marks, uh, but I like that. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't argue on that. Um, I think that they have talent. Again, it's really a question of which quarterback we see. Number one, JB, bring it home. Number one, the Riders with one capital R, not two. Uh, I think I love Saskatchewan heading into last season. I thought they played well. They kind of hit some rough patches. Um, I think Saskatchewan is ready to take that great cup. I think they have tons of talent. I think they're well coached. Uh, they added Sankey, which is a huge addition to a team that has that much talent. Um, I like Saskatchewan. I think that I think that they had you know were had a little more turnover heading into the season last year than Winnipeg did, which is why I liked Winnipeg. But Saskatchewan's a nightmare at home, and uh, I think they're I think they are ready to uh, to take that Western crown away from Winnipeg. I don't think they're too talented a team to let Winnipeg uh, take a third Grey Cup appearance. And like you with Toronto, I have trouble arguing against Saskatchewan. I loved them last year. I had them, I had them making the Grey Cup last year preseason. I thought it was going to be Toronto, Saskatchewan in the Grey Cup. Uh, it was close. Uh, they were in the semifinals. They were in that Western final and and Toronto in the Eastern final. But they had a lot of setbacks throughout the year. They had some bad luck. But when they put it together, like I still think that Toronto game in Saskatchewan was to me. And I know that the coaching staff didn't share my view on it, uh, so it probably means I'm wrong. But to me, I, I thought Arbuckle played a great game, and they hammered us. Uh, the, you know, we we were never really in that game. I agreed. They they looked. They I thought they were the most impressive team we played the whole year. Yeah, yeah. Like they they uh, were we just couldn't we couldn't do anything. They were just better. Yeah. You're like whoa. Okay. <laughs> you know they were just better. I I didn't you know I didn't think that we came out flat. I didn't think we, you know that we should have done different things. I thought that they were just uh, bigger, faster, stronger. And it's for that reason that I can't really argue with you. I had them at three, but I could completely see that flipping between Saskatchewan and Winnipeg. And my number one is Winnipeg. And my reason for it is that they've lost pieces, like you said. Lawler, I do love Lawler. I think you can replace X receivers. I think that's the, uh, I, not that it's easy to replace an X receiver. It's not. Of all the receiver positions, 
that you're relying on, I think X for me is one of the easiest to evaluate in terms of bringing someone in. I don't know for sure that they have the answer there yet, uh, but you know, I, I trust Coach O'Shea. I think he's fantastic, as you mentioned. I think that they must be pretty confident in what they've got in place there. And the thing is, they were a really good football team last year. They won the last two Grey Cups. I just don't think that the losses they've sustained are going to be enough to bring them down that much. Uh, I don't think they'll be quite as good as last year, but I still think they'll be the best team heading into the season. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up second in the West to Saskatchewan, but I think anything below that, I would be pretty surprised. I, I think they're a good solid squad with great coaching. And you know, what, what more can you ask for, for uh, the number one ranked team on, on my list and back-to-back great cups until I see it, you know, much like my Ottawa Red Blacks at nine, I got to see it before I change it. So Winnipeg is my number one. Well, that will just about do it for us on this week's episode of the X's and Argos podcast for JB. This is Ben Grant saying so long and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya. Go Toronto Argos, go, go, go. Pull together, fight the foe, foe.